0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. March Madness is officially over. Uh, I have a new champion, the Kansas Jayhawks. So I was torn on that game because I really wanted Carolina to win. No one, I mean, obviously everyone roots for the underdog. But at the same time, I was like, man, Kansas is probably going to win that game. They end up doing it. So I'm, like, conflicted with it, but I'm going to go over the uh, final four, what all happened, and then got some other topics to talk about, especially since Coach K is now officially done after last Saturday. So let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so the first game, it went as the way everyone expected. Kansas beat Villanova 81-65. We knew going into it, Villanova had injuries. We knew it probably wasn't going to be the best game for them. And that's exactly what happened. Losing by 16. I mean, Colin Gillespie plays hard out with 17 points. This is a team that we knew going in, like, man, they're not very deep. They're losing one. They only played six- like consistently three of three players had two minutes one player or two men or two players had one minute. so yeah, it's one of those things where you gotta be more you gotta have a deeper team when you're going to a tournament like this because those guys that don't have experience, if they get thrown in there they they might know what to do, but they haven't seen the same level of competition. So it's one of those things where, if you're Villanova, probably thinking, yeah, let's throw in a, let's throw in these guys more often, see what they can do, so they can get in these high pressure situations. But hey, it's in the past now. All you gotta do is look on Jay Wright. I think he solidified himself as one of the best college coaches on over the weekend, especially because everyone knew it was like, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer and all that. I don't think anyone really noticed until people saw the stats. They're like, Villanova's made it to, like, this many Final Fours. They've made it to quite a few in the past just five years. Of course, five years – well, six years ago, they win the championship on Chris Jenkins' shot, and everyone is just they're like, okay, I see you. And then they go again two years later. They beat Michigan. They're like, okay. All right, not bad. And they just keep getting there consistently. So Jay Wright is definitely probably the next guy up that everyone's going to be looking at saying, hey, this is probably the best coach in college basketball at the moment. Yeah, but with that, I mean, Kansas, they played one heck of a game. David McCormick had 25. Agbaje went off for 21. Christian Brown had 10. Jalen Wilson had 11. And we'll get into it when we talk about the title game. But I really do wonder why McCormick didn't win most outstanding player. Because I know Akbaji probably had a better overall tournament and he was all everyone talked about oh, in the Villanova game. McCormick had 25 and nine rebounds. He almost had a double double in a final four game. And yet, and he did really well in the championship game too. And yet, no one, everyone kind of knew. So, hey, if Kansas wins, Akbaji's going to win. Why? Why would he? I really I don't know if you can answer that question. Like why they didn't give it to McCormick. But yeah, just one of those things where you wonder if it's if they gave it to the right guy or not. All right, so for the second game, probably the best game It's definitely the best game of the season. I'm wondering if it was the best college basketball game of, like, I, I want to say the century because, what, that's 22 years of basketball. And obviously there's games in there where you talk about, like, man, that Butler-Duke game was really good. And it's just like, man, nothing beats Carolina-Duke in a Final Four first time it ever happened. And it's just one of those things where it, it just seems like there's no way that they hadn't met in the tournament before. But it was 100% of the truth. They had not met. And how about Caleb Love for UNC, 28 points, played 40 minutes, absolutely went off. Him and Leaky Black played 40 minutes. Brady Manic had 14. Armando Baycott had 11 and had what looked like it was in hindsight only probably a twisted ankle instead of a sprain. I think some people were thinking it was a sprain because he was able to play on Monday. One of those things where he's just, hey, man, if this is my last game, I'm going to play no matter what. If we move on, I'm still going to play. But you can't think about that in the moment. go, like, man, I got to protect my body. I'm like, no, 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 I'm playing. And, man, he, he was incredible. R.J. Davis had 18. They just played A really good game, no other way to put it. And Duke, I mean, they had a really good game too. Trevor Keel's a 19 off the bench. Ben Caro had 20. Wendell Moore had 10. Just a lot. Mark Williams had eight. Jeremy Roach had eight. There's solid contributions from everyone up and down. They just weren't able to get it done. Carolina ended up scoring seven more points in the second half. Scores 47 to 40. Second in the second half. That's the that's the difference right there. And with that comes the end of Coach K's career, where you put him up there with all the greatest coaches. He's been up there, but people, especially I think after this year, I don't know if it's a sentimental value or not are really starting to question, hey, is he the greatest of all time? Now, for me, personally, I'm a little biased towards this. I would still say John Wooden. I get that it was like two different styles being played. No one was as dominant as UCLA back in the day. But well, wouldn't it? UCLA is impressive. Like everything was implemented into basketball because of that. Just one of those things where, man, I Coach K is a hundred percent up there. I would put him second if we're talking basketball coaches, like specifically college basketball coaches. Yeah, Coach K is second. I would still put Coach K second in basketball coaches in general. Because what well, you got, Red Arbuck, Phil Jackson, maybe Pat Riley. You throw him in there. I don't really know. Because I get, he, it was the, he was the identity of those Lakers teams. But at the same time, it's just like it wasn't his offense. It was more Westhead and the guy in front of Westhead. But I mean, he personified it. He was showtime personified. anyway. With Coach K, I would still put him because i put him second. And here's my thing. I know that, like, previously I've said with players, rings don't matter. I think with coaches it has a little more merit than it does with players. Like, obviously, if you're talking rings culture and all that, I said before, Bill Russell is the go if you're talking in terms of that. So if you want to compare between Jordan and LeBron – Don't bring up rings because they're both, if you're going off that, none of them are the go. It's Bill Russell. And with Wooden, I mean, what? He won 10. Let me check here. I believe he won 10 because overall UCLA has 11. 10 championships, 12 final fours for Wooden. For Coach K, 13 Final Fours, five championships, and including a back-to-back, which wouldn't have, like, four or five different back-to-backs because I was trying to figure it out because going into down the wire in championship, I was like, if Kansas wins, how many times has a conference gone back-to-back? And I think it was, like, five times, but then... I got to UCLA years, and I was like, should I even count if if the same team goes back-to-back? Back? I think I did for, like, Florida and Duke. And, I mean, Duke, I think Carolina, Carolina won the year after Duke did in one of those. So I was like, yeah, that counts. Then I got to UCLA, and I lost track because I'm like, what constitutes? <laughs> so if I do, like – 69, 68, do, uh, do 68, 67? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, Coach K, obviously, I mean, he's an all-timer. It's just, and again, I know I'm biased. I'm 100% biased. John Wooden's from Indiana. He went to Purdue. He, everyone knows the story about me and Indiana basketball and Purdue basketball. John Wooden will forever be an idol. I didn't even, like, know how good he was until... Years after he had died. And it was just one of those things where you read his philosophy and all that. Like, I have his uh, Pyramid of Success book. It's really good. I have a Coach K book. I haven't got around to reading it yet. But that wooden book is so integral in what I would try to do like in a leadership role, not that I've ever coached anyone at like a high level or anything like that. But, you know, I was a captain on teams, and Wooden's philosophy was someone I would always go back to, being like, man, what do, what happens in this situation? Wooden has a solution for everything. And with Coach K, the tear that he went on with Duke – Puts him in the jockey position for number one because it's totally a conversation. It's a hundred percent conversation. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be talking about it. But he went to. He only missed the tournament in his career at Duke. He missed tournament one, two, three, four, five times because he won't count the year of COVID because they were twenty five and six in that year. And I completely forgot they missed the tournament last year. I was like, I was looking through it. And I was on a college basketball reference. I'm like, what? They're not, they didn't make it last year. And then there were 13-11. They ended on a win. They beat uh, Louisville for their last game. So I'm like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, just one of those things where It will obviously never be forgotten. I put out a tweet saying, like, a lot of his teams were considered villains, but it's just because they were so good. Like, if you look at all the players who have been villainized just by wearing Duke and having that be their persona, just wearing the blue and white, Christian Leitner, who I think really, I mean, obviously he was the most hated. He had a documentary based on that, but... It's one of those things where, yeah, he really, he got it going. Then you had J.J. Redick there for a little bit. Uh, Kyle Singler was a guy who really, he was just one of those guys where he's just a Duke guy who just constantly won. And you're just like, God, why don't you leave? And then... Just And then obviously Grayson Allen Grayson Allen was for completely different reasons Like I mean obviously he was good He's in the NBA now But he's still hated in the NBA Because of what he's done Like dirty plays and all that I wouldn't say none of those guys Were particularly dirty I mean Leitner has the one play Where he stepped on that guy's chest In which I think Leitner describes as a love tap But it's all just because Of how good they were in the program like if they were I don't know, if they were at any other college, no one would really care, right? I mean, when Zion went to Duke, that that took the world by storm. It was ridiculous how. Like it was literally anywhere they would go would be like the Beatles. It was the same with Leitner back when he was a Duke. Happened with the Fab Five in that Michigan. So that's like the own that's like the outlier is Michigan being, like, the only school where people are like, oh, like, I have to go see these guys, like, at their hotel. It's like the dream team. But for college, imagine being in college and having that form of celebrity. It's literally insane. I don't know how they deal with it. But, I mean, with Coach K, it seemed like nothing. They were – Coach K had probably prepared them, like, hey, this is what's going to happen – all you got to do is keep your heads down and just keep playing and you guys will be fine. That's what they did. So of K, it really is, I'm not a big Duke guy. I love Coach K. Coach K is the most respected in the game at the moment. As in like, well, yes, he's not active now, but of like recently active coaches, he is the most well-respected. And in my tweet, I ran out of characters, but I was going to say no one is, like, more synonymous with a brand than Coach K is. Like, the brand of Duke is Coach K. Duke University is Coach K. Basketball, for a little bit, it was Coach K. Then you have other guys coming in trying to take that. But Coach K's been around for everything. He's been... He was an assistant on the Dream Team. He coached USA Basketball there for a little bit. Just one of those things where he's so highly respected and yet so many people dislike him just because of how good he is. I mean, I guarantee if I did a podcast back in 1996, I'd probably be talking about, man, are you guys like like tired of Phil Jackson? This is one of those things where they're so good, and you're like, man, I'm tired of seeing them. But K's the reason why. I know he said, like, this whole season has been about me, in which in the locker room it probably wasn't. But in the media, that's how they played it out. And he's saying, like, it's for them. It's for the guys. It's for the kids. And I don't think Coach – I've very few people have been as supportive of their former players as I think Coach K has. Because, like, Valvano's up there. Valvano will always be up there in terms of just every day saying, hey, I love you. Like, it's for you. Let's do it. I think Dean Smith probably up there as well. It's pretty much all the ACC guys in Carolina. But, like, time and time that we saw, especially in that video they played right before the Final Four game, where Coach K is sitting in front of that screen, and just all the players, all of his assistants, saying, no better person than Coach K. And it was just something that a lot of people are turning towards now because I think ever since night happened, people are saying that's probably not the way to coach. I mean, definitely there's areas for it. Like in the game – you can probably coach like Knight, but the way that Knight carried himself in the locker room and just out in public in general, I don't think you can do that anymore. Like it obviously worked if through the 70s and 80s, like the nineties and two thousands, it just wasn't working. And then there's those stories where Knight um he was walking around Indiana Indiana University. And the student said, hey, what's up, Bobby? And I get it. Coaches always want to be called coach. I always called coaches coach just because it's a respect thing. I understand it. Coach like Knight yells at the like screams at this kid saying, like, call me coach. Like, Knight would be like, hey, man, if you don't mind, please call me coach. You know, something like that. He like screamed at him. And it's just one of those things where that kind of guy is not particularly wanted anymore in a coaching position just because of stuff like that. It's like you have to be well-respected in the community, which, I mean, Knight was. But when stuff like that happens, people are like, and I don't really know about him. I thought it was only in on the court. But, no, this is him as a person. I maybe not as a person, but I'm just hearing based on what I've heard. I don't know if this is libel or whatever. But from what I've heard of stories of night, like as just out in public, I don't think you want a guy like that anymore. And I think it's fair. And I think Coach K, yeah, he's been tough at times, but he's always been the guy who's, just so patient with all his players, except for in high-pressure situations, obviously, because you can't be patient at that point. But it's just one of those things where Coach A is highly respected by everyone in the game. His players all say nothing but the best for him. And I've only heard few cases where like Coach A has been like truly hard on someone. And the only reason he was hard on them is because he wanted them to get better, and it made them get better. I think J.J. Redick told a story where after his freshman year, sophomore year, Duke makes it to the Final Four. They don't go any much. They only make it to the Final Four. And um, they they had, a, like, exit meetings. Everyone has exit meetings at the end of the season. And uh, Coach K just straight up told J.J., we didn't win national championship because you didn't care. Like, end of story. And he, I think he said, like, as like a 19 year old, you're never told that. And it's 100% the truth, but you're still never told that. And it made him work and it made him get better. And he said, I never want a coach to tell me that again. So he was hard when he needed to be, but one of the more gentle, respected coaches. Just an unbelievable resume. Go for the resume one more time. I talked about it before on the podcast, but that was over the summer. Five-time ACC Coach of the Year, 85-86 UPI Coach of the Year, 91-92 TSN Coach of the Year, two-time NABC Coach of the Year, three-time CBS Coach of the Year, two-time Basketball Times Coach of the Year, three-time Naismith Coach of the Year. Obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame coach the army 73 and 59 and coach Duke, 1129 and th- and 309 47 years 1002 and 368 a point a 76% win loss percentage 13 time regular season conference champion 15 time tournament champion that is insane that is an insane stat just alone because think about it IU has zero Big Ten Tournament Championships. Think about that. They, they won so much, did have never won a tournament championship. NCAA had, th- in the tournament, 36 years, 101 and 31, 13 Final Fours, five championships, coming in 91, 92, 2001, 2010, and 2015. Just unbelievable resume, and I believe when Carolina beat Duke, they evened the series. That well, with K, with Coach K being there, I think the series is even at fifty and fifty. Ended it. Coach K could have went one, just get a two-game lead on that, but he did not, and. That is it for Coach K. I'm excited to see what Shire does. I wonder what the recruiting is going to be like with him. Because I think he's – I said this, I think, last week. Shire's been like the coach the whole – he's been like the head coach the whole year just by anything other than title. Because even when they would do the halftime interviews with coaches, Shire would be there. I'm like, I get he's the next guy in line. He's been announced like he's just waiting for this year. But why not have Coach K? And it's just... I'm very interested to see how Shire will do in recruiting. Because Coach K has laid the groundwork, right? He obviously knows how to recruit because of Coach K. That brand will probably stay there. Being like, hey, Duke is known for this. But it's with Coach K. So we... Can't really tell what's going to happen yet. It'll be for a couple more years until we'll figure out what his recruiting is truly like. Because maybe he's done some recruiting for 2023. The high school has 23, maybe. But I think Coach Case might still have his fingerprints in there. So we'll We'll see. Because, like, with Steve Fisher, it took him, what, three years at Michigan to truly find out who his guys were. Because when they won a championship with him as interim coach, those weren't his players. Like, Glenn Rice and Ramil Robinson were not his players. He didn't recruit them. And then three years later, he gets a Fab Five. So, if Shire has the same thing where he gets just an ultimately loaded class, I would love to see it but we will see what happens there. All right, on to the championship game. Kansas beating Carolina 72-69. Just If you... I don't think the Carolina Duke game is worse than this one. This was a really a game. Kansas being down by as much as 16 at one point, the largest comeback in in a NCAA final history. Has to sting if you're Carolina. You just ended Coach K's career. That might be the only thing people say, but people like me will say, yeah, but they did blow a giant lead. It's like what? I don't know if it will go this far, but it's like the 2016 Warriors where everyone says, oh, man, 73-9, and nine, but they lost 3-1 in the Cavs. You got to think, the but. People, most of the time people won't do the but unless it's a huge situation. I don't know if this will be remembered as much. They might just be, they ended Coach K's career, made it 50 and 50 for Coach K, and it was done. You got people like me, like I said, who are going to be like, well, you know, that Kansas game, I don't really, I mean, you can mention them, but you got to mention the Kansas game. So RJ Davis ended up with 14, 15, excuse me. And 12 rebounds. Armando Baycott had 15 and 15. Brady Manick had 13 and 13. Kale Love had 13 points. Puff Johnson had 11 playing 18 minutes. In which... I still don't know. Because immediately everyone's first thought when he starts throwing up on the court... Was like oh man he's winded. I'm like no he's why would he be winded? He's a D1 athlete. Like I get it he's he he doesn't play that many minutes but like that doesn't correlate to practice time. You don't just sit and practice. I was like he obviously got hit in the stomach and then that's what they said. But people are like oh no he was winded. I'm like this isn't high school. Even in high school, like, even if you throw up in a game, you're still probably, you probably got hit somewhere. And it's just, like, and you're not in anywhere that I think is of high elevation at all. Because, like, in Albuquerque, Hakeem Olajuwon just ran out of breath because the altitude is so high there. Like, the pressure was getting, like, the literal atmospheric pressure he couldn't handle it, and he had to get an, he had to get an oxygen tank next to him and it's just i don't get how people think that that was him being winded he goes to north carolina like he's obviously been on scout team and he's come off the bench yeah so Armando Bacot had one heck of a game. Like I said, he had a double-double with 15 points, 15 rebounds, 38 minutes. That injury, he was doing really well. And then he takes that drive, and I know everyone has probably seen the video. The board slips. Maybe not slip is the right word. Maybe warp a little bit, like it warped under his pressure. And then, about that same spot, Brady Manek slips on the final play of the game, so we'll have to look into that, but I saw e s p n came out of an article saying that the manufacturer said the board did not uh malfunction at all, and everyone' was like, "Are you blind like I've, we I don't get how you can say that, obviously you have to say that in that situation, but it's still it's like how how are you <laughs> like we all saw it. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Kansas, on the other hand, Jalen Wilson had 15. Dave McCormick had 15 and 10. Christian Brown, 12 and 12. Agbaji 12 and three rebounds. And Remy Martin had 14. Now, when you talk about, okay, before I get into that, I want to say Jalen Coleman lands. I saw this tweet. From Kyle Nenripe uh, of the Indy Star. One second, let me find it. It was basically saying Jalen Coleman lands. Here it is. So Kyle Nenripe, Jalen Coleman lands was offered a scholarship by Andy on July fifteenth, two thousand eleven. He will play his. He will play his final college game nearly eleven years later. And I was like, I didn't even know he was on Kansas. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Because I do remember the saga of him being like, this is probably going to be the longest college career ever. He's from Indy. Uh, He went to Lawmere High School. I forget where exactly he went when he was in Indy. But his schools that he's gone to are Illinois, DePaul, Iowa State, and Kansas. Illinois, his first year, he played 34 games, started 24, averaged 10 points. Second year, he played all 35 35 games, started 15, averaged 8 points. He then transfers to DePaul, where he has to redshirt for two years. Technically one year, but the second redshirt year, it was like a half redshirt. He played nine games, started nine games, averaging nine points. Then at DePaul, he plays all 32 games, starts all 30, sorry, he starts all 32 games, averaging 11 points. This is 2019, 2020 he started in 2015. So already two schools were at five years. He then, I think this is like a grad transfer thing goes to Iowa state where he plays 23 games, starts 22 and averages 14 points per game. But the Iowa state team did only win two games and went over. Oh, and 18 in conference play. So I don't know if he wants to talk about that. And then I'm assuming he had to have gotten a COVID year. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Kansas (laughs) where he plays 39 games, starts one, averages 3.7 points per game. The least he's ever averaged, but he did play in the championship game and he now has a ring. So congratulations. (laughs) Jalen Coleman lands the longest career, but has probably the greatest payoff ever. Unbelievable. All right, so back into uh, Most Outstanding Player. Ogbaji got Most Outstanding Player, and like I said, I think it's probably because he was more consistent throughout the whole tournament, but even that isn't true. I think there was a couple games like early he couldn't hit anything. Um, That game against Villanova, he was all anyone talked about, saying this guy is insane. Then he comes out first basket, first possession of the game, hits a ridiculous three, and you're like, all right, what, what's going on here? He then goes on a particularly long, cold streak. And I don't really get why he won Most Outstanding Player. For me, it would be David McCormick. Like, because he did very well against Illinois. Had the game of a lifetime against Carolina. Because he had to guard Armando Baycott while Baycott was guarding him on the other end. He still put up 15 and 10. And I don't know if it's because Baycott had more rebounds or because Baycott had 15 points to cancel each other out. But I don't, I don't get I don't get the Agba, Agbaji thing. And for me, my initial reaction, because I hadn't realized like how great McCormick had been doing, I was like, Remy Martin's going to win most outstanding player. Just because... Came off the bench. He had 21 minutes, 14 points. The most ridiculous shots I've ever seen from a bench player. And I've Randy Martin's been on my radar all year because he was a star at Arizona State. A guy that many people thought he might leave Arizona State to go to the pros. He's like, no, I'm going to transfer portal. I'm going to go to Kansas. And everyone's like, you're what? <laughs> because... I mean, Kansas is a blue-collar program. I mean, nothing you can do about it. They're just going to be consistently good. And they're adding a guy who people were thinking might go to the NBA. And he said, no, it probably wasn't good enough. I'm going to go to Kansas. And he has 14, and he hits four threes. One of them a ridiculous step-back three. A couple of them in the corner. I think the other one was like, I want to say highly contested, but it was contested. And he ended up having one assist, three rebounds. Did really well. And, and something that uh, Raf, Rafferty kept saying, is it Raftery or Rafferty? I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't understand what the point of onions is. I get it. People need, a, like, a signature call, something like that. Slick learn had a boom baby. I don't get onions whatsoever. It just doesn't make sense to me. And the... Uh, Whole um, minimum min thing. It just, I, it's like, it makes me cringe each time. And I'm like, this is like considered one of our best guys. Anyway, he said that like, uh, Martin's not really that good of a defender. I don't know why you're putting him in. Remy Martin made one possession. Like, they, Carolina inbounded it. And Remy Martin did such good defense, uh, face guarding one of his guys that he didn't get the ball caroline didn't get the ball in the right spot until 15 seconds on the clock he took he took up half a possession just by face guarding a guy for someone who isn't that good at defense that was really it was really impressive but yeah but for me it was between, I saw people saying brown should have got it which i mean he had 12 and 12 makes sense he played all 40 minutes McCormick did 15-10 and 10 in 29 minutes. And I get it. The big guys from Michigan, they are in... for Not Michigan. Kids were in and out of foul trouble. I just... I thought McCormick... Well, my initial thought was Remy Martin. I was like, it's going to go dog-baje. I know it is, even though he didn't have that great of a game. But McCormick 100% should have because... Of what he did in the Final Four. It's the Final Four most outstanding player. Might as well give it to him. He did really good in the Final Four. I don't know. It's just. That's my thoughts. I think that, like, obviously that reward, it goes to, like, the team MVP and all that. But even that's not the case sometimes because, like, man, I, I have the list pulled up. Dante DiVincenzo won in 2018. Jalen Brunson was more the MVP of that team. Jared Butler for Baylor. That makes sense. Kyle Guy for Virginia makes sense. Joel Berry for Carolina makes sense. Uh, Maybe Justin Jackson was like the MVP of that team. Archie Diakno for Villanova in 2016 makes total sense, even though Chris Jenkins hit the biggest shot in like NCAA March Madness history. I digress. Uh Tyus Jones doesn't really make sense for that Duke team because they had Okafor. Winslow had a really good tournament there too. Shabazz Napier, Connecticut makes sense. Luke Hancock does not make sense. <laughs> so it goes, it goes back and forth on whether or not it's the team MVP or not. Oh, and then we go into Anthony Davis, Kemba Walker, and Kyle Singler. Ah, I don't know. Part of me wants to say it's predetermined, but also at the same time, if you just go off, you're going to get it. I thought McCormick deserved it. I don't know. I don't vote for it. I don't even know who votes for it. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Kansas. Uh, everyone talking about it was Coach K's last dance. and so it turns out it was Roy Williams because no matter what, he was going to be probably all right with the result. He had coached at Kansas before Bill Self. He had coached at Carolina before Huma, Huber Davis. So it's both his predecessors going at it. So yeah, congrats to Roy Williams. I guess he probably, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say a ring is in the mail for him. It probably would have been if it was Carolina winning. But Roy Williams is more a Carolina guy anyway. He's probably a little bit, probably a lot disappointed, but at the same time he's like, hey. I coached that Kansas program there for a little bit. So with that, I believe that is it for this week. Not 100% sure what next week is going to look like in terms of an episode. I will try and work out some stuff, see what I can talk about. But other than that, uh, I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, March Madness finally over. It's a sad time, but NBA playoffs are coming around. That's always exciting to watch. So. With that, be sure to follow me on Twitter at deverhard00, and I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.